Scott Beck with the Becker Private Equity Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by one of our most listened to regular guests, Matt Wolf, who's a senior leader at RSM. Matt's going to talk to us today. He often talks to us about trends he's seeing in private equity. Today, we're going to talk about a specific thing that we've both been watching. It seems like suddenly there's a pickup again in the private equity deal market. And Matt, I wanted to get your perception that you're right at the heart of that at RSM. You guys do so much sort of sell-side diligence, uh, work on uh, quality of earnings, and so much work in the space. What are you seeing? Is there a pickup in deal activity? Is it anecdotal, or are we starting to see that? No, it's, and thanks for having me on, Scott. It's, it's not anecdotal. It's, it's in the data. We, we see it every day across all of our sponsors of different investment strategies. I think well, what's, what's the, the word of caution, though, is it, it looks different, right? We're not going to return back to even sort of pre-pandemic, but certainly not to 2021 or early 2022 sort of deal norms. Uh, you know, the, the, the deal cycle is longer, diligence is longer, uh, buyers and sellers are taking their time again. Um, and I think a lot of, but, but the, the activity is up. And I think a lot of that is being driven by, in, in some ways, kind of the fundraising environment, right? Sponsors need to put that capital to work so that they can kind of build build or rebuild credibility to raise more, more funds, um, which is becoming increasingly challenging. And then the deals that we're seeing are sort of a, almost like a barbell type deal distribution, seeing a lot of or sort of a soft return of some very large deals at the upper end of the, the sort of deal LBO spectrum. And we're definitely seeing a return of sort of smaller deals, right, at that lower middle market level. And we're seeing a lot of funds that don't typically play in the lower middle market come down to that level to do their deals. Um, financing can be a little bit easier. Uh, the equity checks are smaller. Businesses are a little more, a little less complicated sometimes. Uh, there might be, or there's a perception that maybe there's there's a lower hanging fruit in terms of cost improvements, optimizations for some of those portfolio companies. So the deal activity that is coming back um, is not equally distributed across deal size. I'd say it's really concentrated at the lower and the higher end. And, and talk a little bit about that. The, um, when you talk about lower mid-market deals, what are you typically talking about today in terms of EBITDA, in terms of revenues and so forth? What, what, where do you sort of bucket that? Yeah, on the EBITDA side for, for lower middle market, that's probably in that maybe 3 to 15 or maybe 3 to, yeah, probably 3 to 15 is usually about how we bucket it. It depends a little bit on the industry, right? Um, some industries, lower middle market is, is still $20, 30000000 million EBITDA company, but um, around that 3 to $15 million of EBITDA uh, would be that, that lower middle market level. Thank you. No, that that's that's so interesting. And then, so that size deal, and then you see again the black zones of the world, the huge firms of the world doing mega deals again, another two and a half billion dollar deal that they just inked and so forth. Then maybe that's not even a mega deal today, but that's the other side of that barbell. <laughs> and and just so interesting. And I heard about recently another deal, an eighty million dollar year EBITDA deal that is getting done. And I guess that's sort of that yeah. upper middle market to to lower upper market. I guess you'd look at that. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, from what I've been able to 
observed from my conversations and just what the data sort of parses out, right? And, and I think it makes some intuitive sense. Is, all right, so you're a sponsor, right? You're gonna you're gonna do a multi-billion-dollar deal. Um, the economics of that deal lend themselves to significant investments in improving the operations, improving the growth, improving all the various value variables and value drivers that that you need to succeed to make your return on that deal. Because as we've talked about many times on this podcast, a, private equity investors, sponsors can no longer rely on multiple arbitrage to generate their returns, right? You can't you can't just trust anymore that hey you'll buy something at five X, add some port you know, tuck in some some deals to it and then sell it at eight X three years later. Like that that environment just doesn't exist anymore. And I think by and large sponsors recognize that. So when they're looking at deals and say, okay, well we'll do this giant deal. We can get the financing done for it. The economics of this deal then are such that it makes sense for us to spend millions of dollars on optimizations and improvements into this company to generate that return that we need. On the other end, they say, okay, well, we'll write a small check, easy to finance, and this is a simpler business that is less sophisticated. We don't need to spend a ton of money to improve it. Um, We can put kind of our own sweat equity into this and we'll generate some improvements, generate that cash flow to get our returns. That becomes a little more difficult in the middle market because you know you don't you're not writing the types of checks where you then it makes sense to just spend millions of dollars on you know consulting or whatever to make that better. Um, but it's also the businesses are more complex than the smaller middle market, so you need some expertise to really operate in that very middle part to drive those returns. Um, and that that's why we're seeing, I think fewer deals in the middle, right? The financing is more difficult and the value proposition is, is a little more difficult. Right, there, there, what happens is, it's so interesting, because there's so many funds that focus on lower middle market deals that where they see clarity about, we'll do this, we'll add on this, we'll make this change, we'll professionalize management and so forth. You get to the middle market deals and a lot of those companies are already at different levels of maturity and it takes bigger, more significant steps to make a difference in an already middle market business. Sometimes it's, it's a $30 million, $50 million EBITDA business. It's a bigger business. It's bigger issues and bigger change you have to make to actually really make a hurdle to really make a big a big difference. I think that point is really well taken. It's fascinating. Whereas a, many of these smaller businesses, there are so many clear steps to improvement that are still there to be had. That's fascinating. And, well, and I think, and I think what's going to be a real game changer for the middle market, Scott, is that the the prevalence of cloud-based technologies, right? So we'll be able to, and the movement of data into the cloud, right? Cloud computing is nothing new, but the movement of data and services to the cloud has really hit an inflection point in the past couple of years, particularly with things like AI and GPT-based solutions um, or generative AI solutions. So now those companies in the middle will be, and, and even the lower end of the middle market, will be able to access the sort of technological advantages that once were really only available to the very largest companies or the very deepest pockets, right? So they'll you'll be able to deploy real value-added solutions at a scalable cost structure for 
you know, a, a $30 million EBITDA business in a way that will generate returns for, for sponsors. And we're seeing sponsors recognize that and, and build that into their investment thesis, but it's still perhaps in early days um, for, for the, the very middle of the middle market. Yeah, no, it's still early days in trying to figure out how those different tools and automation tools and AI tools are going to really change the game and change the business and really is a, a, a time of flux and, and interest in that area. I think it's a fascinating perspective. Matt is always just brilliant. Matt Wolf from RSM, uh, brilliant, brilliant thinker and wonderful person. Thank you for joining us again on the Spectre Private Equity Podcast. I love getting a chance to visit with you. I always get a chance to learn. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott.